Life can throw a lot at you. But imagine if your life were different, better, not because of what's coming at you, but because of what's coming from you. Let's get there together. Join us and imagine yourself. Welcome, welcome, everyone. I'm Lene. And this is Sandy. And today, what do we have up our sleeve that we are imagining? We're imagining being left out in the cold, being turned down for that dream job or let go from our current job. Wait a minute. I was hoping you would be bringing me up with this, what we're imagining. No, I'm even going to go further. We might be imagining ourselves being dumped by someone. Or just kicked to the curb altogether by someone important. We've all experienced these things, right, Sam? It's true, right? Probably more often than we would like to admit. But because we are who we are at Imagine Yourself, do you see a ray of sunlight? I do, because I know you're going to bring it right now, aren't you? I'm going to bring it. We're imagining ourselves bouncing back, finding inner strength making the conscious decision to move in a different and better direction. We're going to imagine ourselves overcoming rejection. And we are going to do it with a friend today. We want to introduce you to an amazing person who's on a mission to help everyone discover his or her greatness. Her name is Tamar Blaze, and she is a professional social worker corporate trainer, certified life coach, and author of an amazing new book, From Reject to Greatness. We are so happy to have you here with us today, Tamar. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely love the book. So power packed in a very actually short read. Yeah, I love the way it starts. I mean, the title itself, Tamar, From Reject to Greatness is a bold title. There was a quote by T.D. Jakes, and he said, sometimes you get your greatest direction from your greatest rejection. And it feels like for anyone listening, can they take portions of that quote and portions of your story from your book and apply it to their own lives too? Some people are able to deal with rejection and some people are not able to deal with rejection and they stay in that state for a long time and they're not able to move on in life but those who are able to deal with direction they make that rejection a motivational or it empowers them to pursue more in life to be successful and so that they can reach greatness everyone is different everyone face rejection and they may feel like no one cares for them or that they're the only one that are facing that and so they get stuck in that particular area year after year things are not happening for them or they're sad when they look in the mirror they talk bad about themselves because of what that one thing that happened to them that one person that rejected them and so they stuck for a long time and I've talked to so many people in their late 60s 70s 80s even in their 40s they're stuck because when I talk to them they talking about something that happened to them in their childhood years or in their 20s. That's the part. Many times those are the ones that leave the strongest and harshest impressions and are the hardest to overcome. Yeah. And Tamar, you mentioned something in your book that you said was pretty pivotal when you were in college that was kind of devastating. My professor almost told me that almost steered me away from completing my college degree because she thought that I wasn't college material. Almost took me to a different path. That was another rejection. Yeah, I remember I read that. 
and you had done really well in high school and then you took one exam and you said you had like a test taking anxiety, which I think a lot of people deal with. Yeah. And you had mm-hmm. one bad grade and this professor is telling you you're not college material. That's crazy. Yeah. So we were waiting in the hallway and then my professor came, gave everybody their score and she walked past me and I was like, oh my gosh, just let me know I passed so I can go to my next class. I was the last person she came to. She didn't tell me my score, but she just told me, I just want to let you know that I don't think you're a college material. And as an 18-year-old, hearing that and knowing that one of my dreams was to pursue college, I was so crushed that I ran home, ran home and cried and went to my mom and spoke about it. But you ended up turning it around and getting multiple degrees. But you're saying that that landed on you and bruised you, Mm -hmm. regardless of the fact that you we're able to overcome it. And that's probably true with a lot of people, right? They might go through things like that. People speak into their lives like, you can't do this, you can't do that. And then even though you did turn it around, it probably took you a while to just overcome that feeling, right? Right. I did have my pity party because it did hurt me. <laughs> it was yeah. painful. Yeah. And so I took that and then I turned it around. That was my motivation. I think from that point, every time when someone told me no, or someone rejected me, I made it a point that it would be my motivation to prove them that they were wrong. I worked hard, I put in the time, and then finally I got my bachelor's degree, and then I went on to complete my master's as well. So much for not being college material. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and you went on and flourished. (laughs) For those listening out who have been going through similar struggles and challenges. You mm-hmm. you mentioned in your book that you have to do work. You said that uh, when I finally did the work, I was able to see the beauty in myself and discovered my dignity and my worth. And I feel like you're speaking to the concept of self-worth. It's even in your subtitle of your book, too. How do you start that process of building self-worth? When I did the work, I discovered my self-worth. I started seeing myself the way God saw me because one of the things that I did, I first had to identify what that thing was because I always masked it with something different. But the root of what I was going through was rejection. I had to make sure that I identify it. And once I identify it, I begin to do the work. And some of the things that I put in the book that I did was acknowledge it, recognize it. And then uh, once I acknowledge it, what happened? Because some people, they don't want to go back to that. Or, or they put it underneath the rug and they mm. just keep it there. Because it's hard. It's painful. As soon as you went back there, there's so much emotional pain will come with it because you haven't dealt with it. And the reason why you didn't deal with it because you don't want it feel the way it felt the day that it happened. You think that it's that powerful? And if you're going to be kind of cleansed of it, it probably needs to be that powerful, right? That sort of emotion. Or you're really not feeling it. You definitely have to go back to it. And I would recommend that if people know like a good friend that they can talk to or even a mentor, and if it's so hard that they feel like they can't trust anyone, because I'm a counselor and I've been through counseling, (laughs) I would suggest to go to a professional counselor because there's so many feelings that will rise up that you may not know how to deal with it or cope with it. But a professional counselor will help you know exactly how to move forward. So they will help you process it as well. And you don't have to be afraid 
somebody will be there kind of holding your hand through it, right? Yeah, definitely. Because you're yeah. so vulnerable right then. I think you also kind of alluded to the fact that sometimes people had kind of almost maybe misdiagnosed the problem. What are some of the things that people might be thinking before they realize actually it is overcoming rejection that I need to work on? What were some of the things that you first thought was the core of the problem? Low self-esteem. Okay. Did you hear that a lot? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lack of self-worth. Or it was because the way I looked. Or it was my family. It was so many different things. And one of the things that I did to cover it up, I kept myself busy because I didn't want to deal with the feeling. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to deal with myself. So I kept myself busy and everybody thought that, wow, she is so busy. She got a lot going on, (laughs) but they never knew the reason why I kept myself busy is because I didn't want to deal with me, (laughs) with my issue. Yeah. I didn't want to deal with it because if I sat down and even think those rejections that I've gone through, all those feelings will come back again. And I don't, I didn't want to feel that way, but I had to do it. Mm. That's tough. Rejection is part of life. And you said earlier, some people are able to move on past rejection better than others. What do you think makes some of us get stuck more in rejection? And then let me ask you this too. Is there a certain kind of rejection that is harder to get over? If it happened in their childhood years, yes, um, maybe with a significant other, that can be in a childhood year or in your adult years because you love that person. Or it can be a rejection with your family. Your family didn't want you when you were growing up. You were abandoned by your family. That will cause rejection. There's another one where you can be rejected by a good friend, like your best friend. You grew up together and something happened and now you're no longer friends. Now you feel like you can't have any other friends because you've been rejected by them. So there's different types of rejection. So there's definitely some strong ones. And as Lene and I were preparing for this, I remembered something from high school that I had completely forgotten about. And honestly, I don't think it still affects me now, but I bet it did then. And who knows, like you're talking about, if we don't really deal with it, maybe it is. Back in high school, I was on the gymnastics team and I was a cheerleader. And so I was pretty athletic and I was pretty good at it. But one year when I was a cheerleader, I helped a friend of mine cheat on an exam. And I didn't want to, but she was like my best friend. And I didn't even know that the teacher knew that I did it. But when it came time to try out for cheerleading again, I didn't make it. And I couldn't understand, like, it should have been a slam dunk. And I went up to this teacher who was one of the judges who was deciding who was going to make the cheerleading squad. And she said, oh, well, we really need good representatives of the school. And I was devastated. And then come to find out later that that was what happened, that she knew. And it was wrong for me to cheat. I'm not saying that that shouldn't have been counted against me, but I think that probably should have been dealt with at the time rather than just keeping it to herself and then taking it out on me and then saying those words, you know, I'm not a good representative of the school. So I did stay with me for a few years. And you know how kids are in high school, being cheerleader is a big thing. And so that added to it, too. Along with those words. Those Those words. powerful words. And it sounds like you remember it. I do remember it. I was in high school and I'm now middle-aged and still carrying it around a bit, I guess. huh? Yeah, because that was someone you respected and they really kind of laid the hammer down on what they said and the consequences of what they did. Would that be a good example 
of rejection? And is that something I should probably think about again? Or do you think I'm okay kind of moving on now that I've talked about it, (laughs) now that I've confessed it to the world? Just like what Lene said, if you feel like when you were talking about it or when it came up the first time or you were thinking about what happened, if there's like any feeling that came up, if it's like, okay, nothing's there, well, then I think you're okay. Nothing is there now at this point. I can okay. I honestly say that. But at the time, yeah. that was pretty tough. I like mm-hmm. this, though, because this is kind of teaching us to remember self-evaluation, mm-hmm. um, especially of past hurtful events. And I think that it is empowering to be able to decide, let's say there was still something there, Heather, mm-hmm. to take the opportunity to say, I'm going to carve out some time when I have the emotional capacity and maybe even support from someone else to look at this further and deal with it and dig into it and dive into it just like I have seen Tamar do with her life and her book and some of these heavy things that she's dealt with so that it doesn't one day come and smack you in your face unexpectedly and you have to deal with it when you're not emotionally prepared and you don't have the support. How do you feel about that, Tamar, like kind of being proactive with it? What you just said is so important because I know the information in the book can be heavy for some people. And I would suggest to spend some time alone when you're doing your self-evaluation because this is self-care. This is all about Mm self-care, loving yourself. And then thinking back, do I have anything from my past? that maybe is not helping me move forward because I haven't dealt with it. It doesn't even have to be rejection. It could be something else. But spending that time with yourself and just doing that self-evaluation and really thinking about those things, or even some people don't want to do that. You can talk to a friend. A good friend will help you. If you have a, a friend that will ask you those important questions that will help you dig into those things that you never talked about before, Some people, there are things in their life that they never want to bring up because they've been hurt. It's been so painful for them. But however, if you find that good friend or a mentor or a coach or, like I mentioned before, a professional therapist, counselor to guide you through that, when I tell you you will be free, it will be like a load has been lifted from your shoulder because you don't have to carry that any longer. You will see yourself differently. You will feel better. And then psychologically, it affects you. It might hold you back from certain things, right? Right. It may hold you back because of the way you look at yourself, the way you think of yourself. You may feel like even though on the outside, when people see you, they think you are strong. You've got everything together because that's where everyone saw me. You know, nothing's wrong with Tamar. She's good. But deep inside, I didn't know what I was going through, but I knew something was going on. A lot of people are the same way, even within their profession, they're at their job, they're doing amazing work, but yet there's something deep inside that they are not okay, that they're sad about because they've never dealt with it. And they may feel unwanted. They may feel that they're not valued or accepted, even though they're around so many people that love them. But because of what has happened to them in the past and they've never dealt with it, they will continue to feel the same way until they do the work. So your book is From Reject to Greatness. And I want to definitely make sure we talk about the greatness part also, because you have a, a quote where you said your greatness is locked in a box 
called Believing in Yourself, and you have the key. And I want to make sure that anyone listening goes away with that hope that they have the key to unlocking that greatness. And that greatness has always been there. As soon as you do the work, I was able to unlock that box. There were so many things that were waiting for me. There were so many things that I experienced because I did the work. I allowed myself to go through the process. But one of the things that I gained was my self-worth. I knew who I was. At first, I didn't know my identity. I was trying to be like others because I was trying to dress like others. I remember in high school, I was trying to dress like my friend or dress like the popular girls because I didn't know who I was. That but happens a lot of us. Yeah. That's true. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially at that age. Yeah. It's a very vulnerable age, high school. And even in adult you know, years, people still don't know their identity. They don't know their self-worth. They don't know that their value Your greatness lies within you. It's what you are destined to do. One of my greatness is when someone reads the book and they call me back and say, wow, this touched me. This has helped my marriage. This has helped me to bring a perspective of what I was going through. I didn't know. That's one of my greatness is to find that fulfillment that I'm helping others. Yes. Because I'm not keeping it inside. At one point when God told me to release my story, I was afraid. I was like, no, God, I can't because these are stories that... No one knows, but he said that this is going to help others. And I truly Mm. believe I was born to help others fulfill their greatness, to walk in their purpose, to know their assignment on earth. So all of that that you've been through, all of the rejection and all of the work that you put in is not only for yourself, but in the end, helping many other people. I truly believe it's to help so many people because I love when they come to me and they tell me their stories and, and, you know, I help them through the process. But... I can't reach everybody. (laughs) Right. Right. So one of the ways that I feel like I can reach more people is by reading the book, reading my story, and then in the back, working on the different steps, providing strategies to know your self-worth and discover your self-worth so that you can walk into your greatness. Because everyone has greatness inside of them. And the strategies are important because we can talk about this. And you say that going to a professional counselor is something that a lot of people would probably want to do. But a good starting point is something like your book and to have practical strategies. I'm curious, too. Now, how do we listeners get a copy of your book from Reject to Greatness? They can go on my webpage, tamarblaze.com, T-H. A-M-A-R, Blaze, B-L-A-I-S-E. Or you can just go on Amazon and just type in either my name or the title of the book, which is From Reject to Greatness. And we'll put that on our website as well. Yeah, on our website, we have the Links We Love tab, and that will direct them right to your website and, and information also, because I really do think that there are people listening who will be touched by your story, who will be motivated to go ahead and have the courage to jump into their own feelings and emotions and things that maybe have been buried for years or, or like you said, decades even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to turn to Dr. Lene here. We call her Dr. Lene. And- <laughs> She's fake doctor. Yeah. Fake Dr. Lene. <laughs> but yeah, for, for our takeaways, let's think about some takeaways for this. Now, the biggest takeaway, because we're blessed enough to have you here on the show, Tamar, 
I just want to think about a few things that the book does. I feel that it does three major things. Number one, will help readers recognize the source of their problem because they may have in the past been saying, it's like you said, it's about my looks. If I can just look a certain way, everything will be good when that is not the source of the problem. So you define the source of the problem, which in this case is rejection. It also shows readers examples of your life and other major life stories that you have incorporated in this book to show the rejection challenges and pain that they suffered and how they eventually overcame all of that and got to the other side. And then the third thing is it helps every reader begin to make small, tiny shifts and then eventually get to that tremendous mind shift that leads to unlocking their greatness. Is there anything I'm missing? That's beautiful. Uh, did you want to add anything else to uh, Dr. Lene's takeaways, Tamar? No, she did perfectly wonderful. Thank you so much. I have to take you with me everywhere I go. Honey, Great. I have read that book from cover to cover uh, a couple of times, and I love it because, see, mine, I'm diagnosing myself again, but I feel mine is more like a self-worth issue, maybe rejection, maybe not, but... I just really appreciate having a handy dandy go-to guide <laughs> to try to help me define things. And I just feel that others will feel the same way. And whenever we do this, these shows, we really want to be beneficial to people. Mm -hmm. Anyone listening, we hope that they can take some nugget of it and advance their own life. So yeah. we are imagining ourselves. We are imagining ourselves, first of all. Thanking Tamar Blaze for joining us today. We want to imagine ourselves discovering our self-worth, breaking free from rejection, and moving in the direction of greatness. Thanks for listening. Now we'd like to hear from you. Got an idea for the show? Want to share your story or just say hello? Make sure you connect with us. You can do that at imagineyourselfpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you again next time when we have something new to imagine.